Welcome to The Road to Rural Prosperity, featuring stories about rural Oklahoma and rural America. Guiding us on the journey today is our host, Ron Hayes. Well, thank you, Billy. And we do say welcome to another episode of The Road to Rural Prosperity. We're on the road today to Elgin, Oklahoma, to sit down and visit with the new ag education instructor at Elgin High School. Uh, It started this last fall after a long tenure in Burlington, Oklahoma. Travis Bradshaw joined us today. He's actually originally from this part of the state, from the Elgin-Sterling area, and was able to come back home after about 15 years teaching agriculture in Burlington, Oklahoma. Travis has got a great story. I know you're going to enjoy it. We'll be getting to that in just a moment. Today's episode being powered by Bank First, loyal to Oklahoma and you. Bank First is Oklahoma's largest state chartered bank with more than 100 service locations in over 50 communities across our state. Coming up, our conversation with Travis Bradshaw in just a few moments. With communities from border to border, Bank First lenders understand the needs of today's agricultural market. Whether you need to purchase land, equipment, or livestock, or maybe need an operating line of credit, call on Bank First. They are a certified lender with the Farm Service Agency and can help with specialized financing when other banks can't. Bank First is proud to serve the needs of the Sooner State's agricultural market. Bank First is loyal to Oklahoma and you. Member FDIC, loan subject to approved credit. PSO provides electricity service to more than half a million customers across Oklahoma. Increasing reliance on natural gas and renewable energy is our future. Cleaner, more affordable energy to power our lives. A strong Oklahoma economy boosted by new jobs, increased revenues for rural communities and schools. Together, our energy is boundless. Howdy, neighbors, and welcome back to another edition of The Road to Rural Prosperity. I'm Ron Hayes. We're glad to be along with you today, and I'm really, really happy here as we've made our road journey today to Elgin, and we're uh, caught up with uh, ag education teacher Travis Bradshaw. Travis, thank you for being with us today. Well, thank you for having me. I'm quite honored. Now let, let, let's let's find out a little bit about who you are first of all. You've you've obviously been on the uh, the ag education FFA scene for for quite a few years here in the state of Oklahoma. Yep. So my career and journey in rural Oklahoma started back in Sterling, Oklahoma. That's where I was born and raised. Uh, Coming from both sides of the family, roots mm-hmm. are pretty deep in agriculture. My mom's side of the family, the Alexanders, uh, that's where I grew up at, out mm-hmm. on the farm. And so we had about a 1,000 acres of peanuts uh, when I was growing up and graduated there from Sterling. And then my dad's side of the family, the Bradshaws, uh, they raised cattle uh, mm-hmm. there on the north side of Sterling. And both of my grandparents on that side of the family were educators. My grandpa was a principal and superintendent there at Elgin Public Schools. And my grandma was a fourth grade teacher there for 35 years. Wow. So I grew up in rural Oklahoma there at Sterling, uh, started my 4-H and FFA career. I raised show pigs growing up. That, that was my my SAE project. And one time I had about 12 sows uh, and exhibited swine and then got involved in the FFA program. Eddie Smallwood and Jeff Davis were my two ag teachers there at Sterling. Uh, got involved with public speaking, uh, showing livestock, exhibiting 
uh, participating in livestock judging and various other CDEs, and then graduated from Sterling with 22 in my class there in 1999. <laughs> I won't ask what, what number you were. Yeah, I, I don't even remember. Don't. <laughs> so, so from Sterling. From so from Sterling, I went to Oklahoma State University, uh, spent five years of my life there. So I, I was on the extended plan, uh, majored in ag education from day number one. Because uh, the only thing that I knew that I ever wanted to do was be an ag teacher. Wow. So my two ag teachers, they inspired me uh, pretty heavily when I was younger. And so that was really the only career that I've ever, ever wanted to pursue. Okay. So back up to that uh, that time in FFA. was mm-hmm. It was FFA at that point because it had been switched from future farmers to FFA at that point? Yes. Yeah, so the, the name change occurred back in 1988. And so they changed from uh, Future Farmers of America to the National FFA organization. Uh, and so I started in the FFA in 1994. Okay. That was my eighth grade five, year. Five or six years after the name yep. change. Yep. And so you, uh, what, graduated, what, 98? 99, 99, 99. class of 99. And so with uh, with that in mind, what what, what do you think you you gained? In other words, what what did you learn in uh, I hope it was still VOAG at that point, but in in FFA, you know, other than my experience in the FFA, we really didn't leave our community that often Mm -hmm. Uh, with both sides of the family farming there and raising cattle. uh, We were pretty planted there. And so, you know, it was through those years in FFA that I really got to branch out. You know, I remember, you know, going to national convention that first Mm -hmm. time as an eighth grade student. And back then it was in Kansas city. And so I'd never been to a big city like that before, you know, and left the family at home and got to travel with my ag teacher and my fellow chapter members up there. And so that kind of opened my eyes to the fact that, you know, there's more of these blue jackets than just in Oklahoma. Um, and look and at so, all the different states. Absolutely. And so going up there, you know, this is my 16th year of teaching ag. Um, but I've got a poster that I've hung in my classroom that I got at that first National FFA convention that I went to uh, back in 1994. Uh, it says it's there's three parts of it and it's the shape of its puzzle pieces and they all fit together. And it says, why not change your life? Join FFA. And, you know, I, I brought that home from my eighth grade convention and I hung it in my bedroom uh, and I took it with me to college. And then when I first got hired as the ag teacher there at Burlington, that's the first thing that I hung up in my classroom. Wow. And so, you know, and it's always kind of brought me back to, you know, what it was like as an eighth grade member. Uh, and, and the difference that that organization made in my life. And I've always tried to keep that in mind with me and help, you know, convey mm-hmm. that message to other students. Right. So as, as you, uh, went through, uh, your, your collegiate time there in, in Stillwater, you know, ever any thought of anything different really then? You know, not really. Um, I would say, you know, my, my five years at OSU, I knew that when I left, I was going right back into the classroom and I was going to be an ag teacher. So I took that time at OSU to really branch out and do a few things that I hadn't had experience with before. Um, I knew that I was going to be an ag teacher. And so I wanted to know a little bit more about the ag industry. So that first mm-hmm. summer uh, after my freshman year, I actually did an internship for Seaboard Hog Farms in Guymon. And so when I transferred around to several of their uh, different units that they had out there. And so that that really gave me a perspective of going from the family farm 
to the corporate industry. Uh, and so I had some good men- mentors out there and got to learn, you know, about not only the swine industry, uh, but just a little bit of the mindset of corporate agriculture. And so I had that experience underneath my belt when we got done with that. And that was uh, in what, mid nineties. So that, that was a, that very, very was new. the summer of 2000. Okay. And 2000. So, so, that, yeah, yeah, so the big hog new. farms, mm-hmm. you know, were going up out there in Guyman. Um, and so, yeah, so I got to learn a little bit about that and, you know, all the, environmental implications that mm-hmm. went with it. Um, I remember, you know, having to dress up in that biohazard suit, you know, and go outside <laughs> and walk around the lagoons. I mean, I, I was there for the grunt work of it, you know, for portions of it too. Uh, but it gave me a good understanding and appreciation, you know, for what it really takes to feed our population, you know, more mm-hmm. than just, you know, from my cattle and peanut operation growing up there. So I did that that first summer. And then the next summer, you know, I knew I was going to be working with youth, uh, for the rest of my life. And so I kind of wanted to have a different perspective. So I was executive director for Camp Cowboy, which is a camp for incoming freshmen to OSU. Uh, so I spent that summer working with those students, um, trying to plan some educational yet fun activities that, you know, these people that had just graduated high school, but getting ready to go to college, you Mm -hmm. know, what can we do to, you know, make this an easier transition for you? And so I spent that summer, uh, with Camp Cowboy and then I, I wanted some outside experience. And so Kent Sampson, that was my advisor, uh, when I was there with Camp Cowboy, he came up to me and he said, you know, we're really looking for a leader for Orange Pill, which was the huge concert that OSU mm-hmm. used to put on. And it was entirely student run. Uh, matter of fact, some former FFA kids before me had been in charge of that. Uh, Misty Ambrose used to be Misty Montgomery back in the day. Uh, she was one of the founders of that. And so... I, I took a big leap on that um, and got into, you know, the entertainment industry for a little bit. And so we were hiring agents, editing contracts. You know, I was 21 years old and given a half a million dollar budget. I was dealing with <laughs> I was dealing with production managers from, you know, Los Angeles, from New York City. Um, and we had the ability we hired uh Google Dolls, Third Eye Blind, Vanessa Carlton, Kevin Nealon, you know, these big name acts that I'd grown up seeing, uh, worked with staging and lighting, um, really got to experience a lot of things that I had never done before. Um, and so that was a, that was a great experience. We ended up selling out 21,593 tickets. And so, you know, I, I kind of got to see those skills that, you know, that I had learned in the FFA, you know, that, that you never know you're going to use, you know, your mm-hmm. negotiating abilities, your public speaking abilities, your, your ability to work hard, uh, keep a level head. And as a 21 year old, you know, dealing with people twice my age back then, you know, who had, yeah, it, it was a great learning experience. And so an orange pill is a big deal. Orange pill was a big deal. They don't have it anymore. Um, I don't know what the reason's for, but you know, that right there, that was, that was my formative business experience, you know, managing budgets and uh, editing contracts. And like I say, there, there was a lot that went into that that I still use to this day. And so got done with that. And I wanted to have one more experience before mm-hmm. I got out of there. And so I, I stayed another year there at OSU, but did a, a study abroad program. And so I went to Darwin, Australia for six months, went to college over there, took some environmental science classes, classes, uh, some introduction to Aboriginal Australia, met some great young people over there around my age whose families were involved in agriculture. And on some of our breaks that we had over there, got to travel over and see their farms. 
uh, one of their dads worked for reported to the prime minister of agriculture over there in Australia. And so went out to their farming operation where they raised sugar cane and papaya and mango and, wow. you know, just learned a whole different uh, lifestyle and agricultural style over there. You know, here, when we drive down the road, we're used to seeing, you know, dead deer on the side of the road. Well, over there, it's dead kangaroo on the side of the road, <laughs> you know? And so, so I really got to branch out, um, see a different culture, experience a different lifestyle. You know, once again, kind of going back to that first trip to national FFA convention, let me see that there were blue jackets outside of Oklahoma. And that trip to Australia you know, really showed me, you know, how people live on the other side of the world. Mm -hmm. And so got done with that uh, good international experience and then did my student teaching in Claremore under Mr. Rodney Arthur. And then Burlington was the only job that I applied for and graduated and moved directly out to Burlington, Oklahoma. So what were your expectations going in? Uh, you know, <laughs> I, I knew that Burlington had always, you know, had a good uh, reputation. I, mm -hmm. I know some very notable ag teachers that went through there. Uh, you know, Mr. Murray, that's now our Southwest District Program Specialist, had been there. Eddie Smith, that was our mm -hmm. former state advisor, had been the ag teacher at Burlington. His brother, Craig Smith, uh, that was left Burlington and ended up going to Guthrie had been there. Leo uh, Brandt, you know, he started the program and then he went on to uh, start the uh, agriculture program over at Northwestern Oklahoma State University. And there had just been so many great people that had went through there and a town the size of Burlington. I mean, it's small. You know, there were years where we would have four graduates, you know, but they always had, you know, a, a very successful FFA chapter and very production oriented, uh, traditional program. And so I really didn't know, you know, what my role would be in that. Uh, but I was open for it. And so, you know, moved up there and I can't say enough good things about Burlington. Those people took me in. You want to talk about, you know, Oklahoma hospitality at its finest. You know, when you've got families uh, like Alan and Karen Armbruster, you know, who just welcomed me with open arms and invited mm -hmm. me over to their house and said, if there's anything that you need, you know, and, and my superintendent there, uh, Mr. Glenn Elliott, uh, passed away a couple of years ago. But, you know, Mr. Elliott was a former ag teacher himself. He, he taught with Jack Stats for uh, many years over there at Alva. And so, mm -hmm. and, and Mr. Elliott, he had been president of the Oklahoma Ag Teachers Association and a well-rounded guy. And uh, when, when you've got supporters like that, you know, you know, the pieces are there. Right. And, and so I, I was fortunate to go into a situation like that. All righty. We're talking today with uh, Travis Bradshaw, of course, uh, ag education uh, teacher. Right now, he's saying, well, we haven't quite got to that part of the story yet, but he's now in Elgin mm -hmm. at the uh, uh, high school there and uh, ag education teacher, FFA chapter, Deluxe. Obviously, Elgin's got a great rep reputation as well. But uh, we're going to get into that. We're going to talk a little bit more about Burlington as well. Right here on the road to rural prosperity, we'll be right back. With communities from border to border, Bank First lenders understand the needs of today's agricultural market. Whether you need to purchase land, equipment, or livestock, or maybe need an operating line of credit, call on Bank First. They are a certified lender with the Farm Service Agency and can help with specialized financing when other banks can't. Bank First is proud to serve the needs of the Sooner State's agricultural market. Bank First is loyal to Oklahoma and you. Member FDIC, loan subject to approved credit. 
the Oklahoma Rural Water Association. They've been representing water and wastewater systems across Oklahoma since 1970. The Oklahoma Rural Water Association was formed to enhance the quality of life in rural Oklahoma through the development and delivery of services and programs for the benefit of ORWA members and the rural people they serve. Welcome back to the Road to Rural Prosperity. We're glad to have you folks along with us today, and I'm really happy to have with us uh, one of the top agricultural education teachers in our state. In fact, you've just been named, Travis, here in the last few days. You've been named a agriculturalist under 40, top agriculturalist under 40 in the ag education area. So congratulations about that. Well, thank you very much. So let, let's talk a little bit. You've arrived at Burlington. Mm-hmm. You've uh, obviously met a few folks early on. What were some of those early experiences that kind of helped develop you uh, in in this career if you want to talk about having to uh, grow through a few of your own mistakes <laughs> I certainly did that you know I see young teachers coming out now and you know they're nervous like oh you know I, I I don't know if I'm going to be perfect I'm, I'm trying so hard and you have to remind them that we all started somewhere mm-hmm. uh, you know I, I remember one of the one of the first things that uh, happened to me there at Burlington we were getting ready for the Tulsa State Fair. Mm-hmm. And so I hadn't been back to Tulsa in five years, really, since I'd graduated. And uh, I had a lot of lambs that were going that year. And so we get loaded up and we're headed over to Tulsa, you know, and this is October. So I'd only been in school a couple of months and we get over there and we get in line and we pull in. And I was told, you know, you have to have sheared your lambs before you get to the show. That was a rule at Tulsa then. I hadn't sheared one single lamb and I thought, oh my gosh, you know, one of my school board's kids is showing lamb, school board members' kids is showing lambs. They're going to think I don't know what I'm doing. I can't shear here on the fairgrounds. So what am I going to do? So, you know, my mind got to spinning. And so I pulled through the line. I had to exit the fairgrounds and pulled over to the neighborhood right across the street from the Tulsa State Fair. I went up to a perfect stranger's house and I knocked on the door and this lady answered the door and I said, ma'am, I know you're going to think I'm crazy, but I, I'm an ag teacher over in Western Oklahoma. So I teach students grades, you know, eight through 12. And I said, and we're here at the fair and I've got this trailer load of sheep and we were supposed to have sheared before we got here and I didn't do it. So if I give you a hundred dollar bill, will you let me run some extension cords from your garage out to your front yard and let me share my sheep in your front yard. Well, absolutely. I think that sounds interesting. (laughs) So she called a few of her friends. They came over and they set up lawn chairs while me and my students sat in that front yard and sheared sheep for the next few hours. And I just, I was red faced the whole time. And you know, wanted something. We got done with that. They were gracious. They loved it sitting there watching us and the kids got to visit with them and we loaded everything up and cleaned up and we went back into the fairgrounds. And you know, so, so I always tell teachers, you know, you can't make any bigger mistakes than I did. We all, you know, this is a learning experience for us all, you know, and 16 years later, I'm still learning, you know, but those are the kind of stories that I like to tell young people, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, nothing's that big of a crisis, you know, with just a little bit of ingenuity and using your critical thinking skills, you know, you guys can, you know, overcome anything. So we got through those initial hurdles, Mm -hmm. um, you know, and I, uh, I had a great, uh, support system there at Burlington and had some, had a great group of seniors, had a great group of younger kids, uh, that came in there as eighth graders and, uh, we really started uh, working with that set of eighth graders that we had in there. And those kids uh, 
introduced them to a little bit of public speaking, a little bit of parliamentary procedure. And, mm-hmm. you know, there at Burlington being such a rural community, there were a lot of kids who had big farming operations. Uh, a lot of kids that had been on a tractor a lot more than I had. Um, and so, you know, started working on our record keeping skills, um, and just getting them introduced into FFA, mm-hmm. you know, ag education. And we had such good community support that we kind of started with that. Um, got those kids started on that. And then, you know, Mr. Elliott, my superintendent, he was very adamant that you need to take pride in your teachers association. And so back when he was in it, it was the Oklahoma vocational, uh, agriculture teachers association. And for us, it was Oklahoma, uh, agricultural education teachers association. And so I, I started getting heavily involved with that, um, making sure that, you know, our teachers were taken care of because oftentimes, you know, we're so worried about our FFA members and making sure that they have opportunities and that they're taken care of. We sometimes forget that, you know, we need to take care of our fellow teachers as well. And mm-hmm. with Mr. Elliott's encouragement, I became involved with that. I uh, was fortunate enough to be uh, elected on the board of directors and started working with our teachers, you know, not only on a, a local level, but on a statewide level. And we started, you know, that was kind of my uh, introduction into politics, uh, getting to know our state representatives, um, our state senators, making sure that we had representation down at the state capitol. Mm-hmm. And we, we've got so many great supporters down there at our state capitol um, that that know the value of FFA and the importance of ag education in our public school system. And so I started working with my teachers association and that, you know, opened some more doors uh, to be involved with our career tech teachers association. You know, what many people don't realize is, you know, we've got all these area tech centers all around and, and people don't, necessarily understand that ag education is a part of the career tech system just within our K-12 uh, school setting. And so I got to work uh, with our Career Tech Teachers Association and representing just not ag education, but career tech in general uh, and and work with informing legislators about that and how their support of career tech trickled down to the high school level. And so got to work through the Career Tech Teachers Association and then most recently, uh, a few years ago, I got the opportunity uh, to serve on the National FFA Board of Directors. Right. And so that that was a pretty rewarding experience um, to take the lessons that I had learned in Oklahoma through an ag education uh, program in our state um, and represent that on a national level. And so I get to not only, you know, advocate for, you know, my local chapter uh, or for the state of Oklahoma, but I get to, you know, advocate for ag education and FFA on a nationwide level. And so that was a pretty rewarding experience as well. You know, as, as you've gone through your years, the first of Burlington, now more, more recently now here mm-hmm. in, in Elgin, you uh, obviously have observed how special FFA is in Oklahoma. I mean, we're, we're a pretty unique state. Yep. We are. I would say, um, you know, when, when you talk about, 
traditional grassroots support. You know, you've got your your Oklahomas, your your Texases, your your Kansas. You know, right here in the center mm-hmm. and, and every region of the uh, country. You know, they've got a different take on things. And you know, like in Oklahoma, we may be you know a little more production oriented than some of these other states. But gosh, as you meet with people from all across the nation, you know, you hear people from Washington, from Connecticut, from Florida, when they start talking about their FFA experience, they all get a little teary eyed, you know, so, so there's a common denominator in there somewhere that regardless of what state it is, regardless of where you grow up, that blue jacket means a lot. Mm -hmm. Now, this last uh, year uh, at the National FFA Convention, you were able to use that bully pulpit uh, involved with the uh, National FFA Board of Directors and your involvement. Uh, you were invited to, to make some comments about what ag education means to you. It means mm-hmm. to uh, the FFA organization and, and really uh, back to those sponsors as well. T- share a little bit of what you what you told those folks. Yeah. So for the first time this year, we had a uh, FFA Foundation gala there at the National mm-hmm. FFA Convention right. just to kind of reward those sponsors and those adults and and provide a time for them to get together uh, and really talk about, you know, how those sponsors make a difference in the lives of students. And so I was invited to speak a little bit to share the perspective about, you know, when you give money to an organization of 700,000 students on a national level, you know, you don't often get to see the true impact that that makes on a local level. Mm -hmm. And so, but I, as an ag teacher, I get to experience that on a daily basis. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, I referenced a lot of my students there at Burlington. And I mean, there were years at Burlington, one in particular, we had four graduating Mm -hmm. seniors, Mm -hmm. you know, very small rural school. And, and those students, if it were not for the FFA, I don't know how much of a global perspective they would have got to see, you know, but those four students got to travel everywhere, you know, from Indianapolis and Washington, D.C., and they got to compete in a variety of activities that were sponsored, you know, in part by, you know, sponsors on the national level. And so, you know, I, I really got to hit home about, you know, the difference that they make in the lives of students, you know, and, and those four kids, you know, one's an elementary teacher, one's an IT specialist, uh, one works for bear crop sciences, uh, up in Minnesota, one is in medical school right now, you know, and so, and so you tell them, you know, the money that you give is making a difference. Mm-hmm. In the lives of kids, right. So, you know, as you, as you think about that, what what really is maybe one of those uh, pinnacle experiences that you've had watching your students? You know, watching my students, um, you get to see a wide variety of kids. You get to see those kids who come into the program, you know, from maybe traditional farming backgrounds that want to continue on and go back to the farm one day. And so, mm-hmm. I, you know, I've got to see those students who, you know, have went through the program. They've went to, you know, an OSU, got a degree in animal science. They've came, they've come back and they've taken over the family farm. And so I've got to witness that. I've got to see those students who have come through my program and I had, I had one. Desi, she entered uh, the medical field and she was a traveling nurse and she called me one day and she said, Mr. Bradshaw, I just wanted to call and tell you 
you know, all those years that we did Parley Pro, and this was a young lady that was on a national parliamentary procedure team. Um, she said, you know, it really paid off. I got appointed to our board of directors for the Traveling Nurses Association. She said, I'm the only one who knows parliamentary procedure. And so they heavily relied on her, you know, so an experience that maybe wasn't just agriculturally mm -hmm. related, um, you know, was able to come back and help her, you know, in her future career. And she'll always, you know, you know, have fond memories of the FFA for that, mm -hmm. you know, and then you see those students um, who come up, um, you know, William Maltby was one of those students who came into the program, came from a farming family, but none of his parents had been in FFA or ag education before. And, you know, William had a passion for mowing. Right. And he said from day number one, you know, I want to work for John Deere and I want to work with mowers. That, that was his, you know, goal from day one. So, you know, William had his mowing operation. Uh, he ended up winning three national proficiency awards, all related, uh, to that mowing business. Uh, he ended up, you know, interning with Scott Eisenhower at PK Equipment. William is later named the American Star in Agribusiness, and he is now the commercial mowing specialist for John Deere. <laughs> you know, the the one thing that, that he said he wanted to do, you know, that's what he was able to do. And he was able to get there through the FFA. Right. You know, and, and so watching those students, you know, be able to set a career goal, whatever it may be, you know, and achieve that goal by their different experiences in FFA. You know, those are all that that's why we teach. Right. You uh, had to make a hard decision. I did. Uh you're not Elgin. You left, Elgin. You left Def Burlington, your first your first teaching no. position. No, I tell, was at, tell me about that move. I was at Burlington there for 15 years, and, you know, I could have stayed there for 50 more and been just as happy as could be. Burlington is, you know, a wonderful place and wonderful people. And I shed quite a few tears when I left. That was, that was a very hard um, decision to make. But in the end, you only get one real family. And so, you know, I'm, I'm pretty fortunate that, you know, my grandparents are still alive. My, my parents are there, you know, at Sterling, my aunts and uncles and cousins and everybody's still there. And right. so, uh, when, when the ag education job came open there at Elgin, that was a chance for me to move home back on the farm mm -hmm. uh, and see my family again, um, and drive eight miles to work every day. And, you know, and as you grow older, um, you know, and, you see some new opportunities out there, you know, they interest you and you're yeah. ready. You know, Elgin was a multi-teacher program. I've just been in a single teacher program, uh, working by myself, having to do all the aspects of ag education everything. and FFA, everything else. And so the ability to come in there to Elgin and to be able to, to kind of specialize a little bit, you know, I teach the leadership the ag communications, the plant science classes. And then I work with our students that exhibit lambs, um, work with the public speaking and parliamentary procedure and applications. And so to be able to specialize in that and then to have two great teaching partners, you know, we brought John lastly back from Georgia. He had mm -hmm. been out of the state for a few years and John works with our eighth and ninth graders and does livestock judging and goats. And, you know, to get Miss Cassie Graham, uh, who's been in the classroom for nine years now, uh, and has had some great programs underneath her to get her in there to work with the ag mechanics program and the, uh, 
the hog exhibitors, and then we all kind of split the cattle responsibilities there. And so to be able to work with a team on a day-to-day basis, Mm -hmm. you know, I I think professionally that's rewarding as well. And so, so it's been a great move. Like I say, I miss Burlington. That that was a wonderful place, but you know, I do kind of like pulling into the you know family farm every night and get to see my parents on a regular basis so <laughs> that's that's wonderful yep now wrapping up mm-hmm. uh you know we talk a lot uh, our, our governors talked about top 10 mm-hmm. ffa you know oklahoma ffa is there it's there uh, how do you how do you see ffa oklahoma ffa oklahoma ag education how do we stay relevant mm-hmm. for the next 15 years of your career or, or beyond you know, and that's something that we we address on a national level quite a bit. You know, how does FFA stay relevant? And when people think of those top FFA states, man, Oklahoma's right there. You know, so how do we keep that momentum? How do we how do we keep up there at the top? And I say we just have to to change to meet our students' needs. Um, you know, we as teachers, we are having to prepare students for jobs that don't even exist yet. You know, we are progressing so rapidly with technology and with the globalization that we have, you know, and when we talk about, you know, artificial intelligence and when we talk about, you know, autonomous farm Mm -hmm. machinery, you know, that that's reducing maybe the physical jobs, you know, that a lot of people are having to do. Um, but it's creating so many more, you know, in those technical skills, uh, needed areas. And so I think we've got to, you know, keep up with these changes in our agricultural industry so that we're offering kids those opportunities and that we're preparing them, uh, for those when they go out there in the career field. But, you know, while those skills may change, the, those technical skills, some things don't change. Mm-hmm. Those employers are looking for students who can look them in the eye. They can shake their hand. They can show up to work on time. They know how to work hard. Right. They're honest. You know, they have got those good down to earth skills that, that I think many Oklahomans do. And so we, we've got to, you know, keep teaching those skills. And, you know, even though some of these new jobs, you know, are requiring, new skills for students to know it's those intangibles, Mm -hmm. you know, that Oklahoma is known for, you know, that, that we've got to keep in our programs uh, and keep our kids, you know, moving forward. Thanks, Travis. Travis Bradshaw teaching ag education in the Elgin school system in southwestern Oklahoma. Our guest today on the road to rural prosperity. Today's episode being powered by Bank First, loyal to Oklahoma and you. I'm Ron Hayes. We'll see you soon. Thanks for joining us for today's Road to Rural Prosperity podcast. You can join the conversation about how rural Oklahoma can prosper by looking for us on Facebook. And you can find our growing number of conversations on our website, ruralprosperityok.com. The Road to Rural Prosperity podcast series is a production of the Radio Oklahoma Ag Network and OklahomaFarmReport.com. Proud to be a part of the family of the Funk Companies.